stand, indicted we fall, indicted we stand, indicted we fall. If Trump get locked up, it's a rap for us all. It's a witch hunt. But when we look at what happened in Australia, the Australian government spent a billion dollars to try to develop uh, through the University of Queensland. You know, AstraZeneca is working with Oxford University in the UK. So in Australia, they worked with the University of Queensland and they were creating their own vaccine. But now they have scrapped it all of a sudden. And why did they scrap it? And this really kind of goes back to the story that I had yesterday. Yesterday, I spent the first hour talking about Kerry Mullis and what he had to say about Anthony Fauci over the HIV AIDS issue. Now, as Fauci went to the NIH, AIDS was starting to get really big. And what he said was there's a connection between this retrovirus, uh, HIV, and AIDS, that HIV causes AIDS. And that was accepted as gospel truth by everybody because, you know, Fauci said so, just like right now. Now, Kerry Mullis had also, about that time, invented the PCR test, which is now being used. Uh, that is the gold standard, they say, for determining who's got COVID. And that was the gold standard for connecting HIV to AIDS, the presence of that virus. And they did it by magnifying that virus. And the inventor, Kerry Mullis, who won a Nobel Prize, said, you can't do that. That's not legitimate. And he stood behind a couple of scientists, one in particular, who were absolutely had their career destroyed, just like Dr. Andrew Wakefield did when we talked about vaccine damage. Well, this, this guy, if you come against the conventional wisdom, uh, the conventional scientists who uh, have a herd mentality will come after you. But Kerry Mullis was not cowed down by this. And so he, that clip that I played for you yesterday, he talked about how uh, uh, Fauci was not, uh, didn't know anything about medicine. He wasn't a scientist. He wouldn't debate this with him. He said, we've tried over and over again to get him to debate. The guy's a hack. He's an administrator. In other words, a bureaucrat. And he's got an agenda, said Kerry Mullins. And uh, so now we look at this. And what was it that stopped this vaccine? Well, they stopped the thing after participants returned false positive HIV test results. Now, there's a couple of different threads that come out of this number one <laughs> they're using the pcr test the pcr test that magnified the hiv virus and then they use that to say well that's what's causing aids right and so here's a pcr hiv controversy all over again and again the pcr test is also what they're using to magnify beyond way 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 beyond belief uh, when they do the tests even Fauci himself said, well, you can't use the PCR for more than uh, 30, 35 cycles, right? Well, the FDA is doing it for 40. And each of those cycles is another power of two. So it's exponentially higher. I mean, we're not talking about going up to, uh, you know, even the numbers that Fauci was using were ridiculous. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, what is beyond ridiculous? What is beyond absurd? Well, that's what the FDA is doing with a CT cycle threshold of 40. Anyway, uh, but... I also find it interesting that it's HIV. Why would HIV turn up? And I said, when you look at AstraZeneca and uh, their vaccine, some of these other ones, they're using a uh, recombinant retrovirus, right? The, 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 using some recombinant DNA. And it's an, the AD5 virus was something that was flagged by people associated with the uh, NIH, researchers associated with them uh, back in 2007. 
They said, we believe that this ad five uh, uh, virus that is being used as a carrier, right, for, for what we want to bring in. And that's what they're, I don't know about this particular one, but since it says HIV, I do know that AstraZeneca is using uh, this uh, ad five virus as a vector to carry in fragments of the, uh, uh, the coronavirus, right? And they said, and the one that you've chosen, the ad five, we have flagged this before and said, this might be a vector for HIV. This might be carrying in HIV. Tulsa, but he's down there saving children as we speak because they're pulling kids out of the darkest recesses of hell right now and dumbs and all kinds of places. Uh, the adrenochroming of children, the, I mean, look, we're where we're at right now. Uh, hopefully we need your prayers. This film is when, when Tim Ballard came down to Bogota and we had about finished two thirds of it. I said, why did you pick me? And he said, well, they actually, they didn't want you. They wanted someone else. But um, uh, I said, well, I got to tell you, uh, I did this movie, Monte Cristo and The Passion. And about two thirds of the way through, I knew we were onto something that was phenomenal. And I said, I feel that with this film. And he goes, well, actually, it was those two films that I saw. That's why I had to have you in this, in my film. So, um, Sorry. No, Jim, you, you, said, you said a word a minute ago, and I, I want to clarify what that word was, because you said a word, and yeah. I want to make sure that you said adrenochrome. Yeah. And a lot of people here, there's about 4,500 people here. There's yeah. uh, about a half million people streaming online. We're having some cyber attacks that feed's been going on and off. It's, it's a, but you said that word. And by yep. a show of hands, who's heard that word before in this building? Could you please explain to the extent that you want to or not want to what that is? Because some people have never heard that before, and we need to discuss that. Um, essentially, you have adrenaline in your body. I'll just simplify it. And, and when you are scared, you've produced adrenaline. Uh, if you're an athlete, you get in the fourth quarter, you have adrenaline that comes out of you. If a child knows he's going to die, uh, his body will uh, secrete this uh, adrenaline. Um, and they have a lot of terms that they use that he takes me through. But um, it's the worst horror I've ever seen is screaming alone, even if I never, ever, ever, ever saw it. Uh, it it's, it's, it's.
say first off that this is a, a court of inquiry. It's not an adversarial court. It's a nonprofit educational event. And with enormous, enormous energy and intelligence, all of us have been brought together to try to bring out some of the aspects. Uh, so if I may, I, I have prepared an overview statement based on my work these many past weeks. And I want to just say that as a parent and as a patriot, I'm absolutely outraged by what we're allowing to happen to our children. Uh, this, I mean, humanity is judged on how you treat the weakest member uh, of, the, um, of the society. Let me say that although pedophilia, which says child love, has nothing to do with the abuse of children, uh, these children are not just kidnapped and in some cases bred by families as a cash crop. We have people in the United States of America that breed children in order to sell them. And when they are sold, they come without birth certificates, which means it's easier to kill them and have no one ask where they are. We're also importing children by the plane load. Again, children who have no documentation. It's not just child slavery or child sex abuse. It's also child torture because you have adrenalized blood. You, you have the, the whole blood drinking ceremony of the satanic world. It's also the uh, use of children for harvesting body organs. We'll have the Falun Gong uh, testimony tomorrow. Um, one of the reasons that the Falun Gong are so popular is because they're so healthy uh, so that you can harvest their body organs uh, with, and, get, and get the very best. And then you have ritual ceremonies and ritual murder uh, as well as incidental murder. Um, but I know the system. I've been a spy all over the world. I have uh, created the Marine Corps Intelligence Command. Uh, I have trained um, intelligence and law enforcement representatives, over 8,000 of them from across 66 countries. They're all, without exception, good people trapped in a bad system. And one of the most wonderful things that this court could achieve now that we've had Pizzagate, for example, which opened people's mind, is we could achieve a, an opening of the public mind and an absolute imperative from the public to governments, including the U.S. government, which I think is the is center of gravity in, in so many ways. I have found in my research and preparation for this court and all of the work that will follow that most organizations that end up being um, used to prey on children Oxfam is a recent example. Uh, all of the United Nations organizations, the Boy Scouts of America, all of the child services agencies across the United States of America, they did not start out as organizations to prey on children. But they attract pedophiles. And ultimately, pedophiles end up rising in the ranks and controlling those organizations. So that an organization that initially started out in the service of children becomes an organization that is, in fact, hunting children. And one of our distinguished commissioners has written an absolutely wonderful book called Child Hunters, which I recommend to all of you um, as a brief on this. Now, it's my not my working assumption, but uh, the, the working assumption yet to be proven that the totality of the children disappearing worldwide is toward 8 million people. Toward 8 million children.
speaking of children, here's the um, the VARS data for children. Um, these are deaths that happen within one, or actually, excuse me, within two weeks of their vaccine, although most of them within one week. And um, these are people who got their shot, and they're, they haven't even really rolled this out that, that much yet. I mean, the Pfizer shot's been available for 16 plus, but uh, they're about to un, unleash the, um, the floodgate when they give the approval to these drugs. They, they've already done it in uh, Canada, I read. So let's look at this. We had 15, we had a 15-year-old boy, heart failure, 16-year-old female, received Pfizer vaccine on 319 at vaccine clinic and presented with ongoing CPR to the emergency department uh, nine days later after cardiac arrest at home. Patient declared dead by neurologic criteria on 330. Hemodynamic collapse at home for this 16-year-old female. Persistent cardiac arrest requiring ECMO. Uh, This might be the same one. It looks very similar. Uh, Here's the next one. Patient reported difficulty breathing and chest pain, suffered cardiac arrest and death. 17-year-old female for that one. Eight days after the shot. Here's a 17-year-old female, eight days after the shot. From post-mortem report from hospital, when on 4-10, she was in the process of uh, self-catheterization and began experiencing difficulty breathing and chest pain shortly after she collapsed and was not breathing. EMS arrived and found her apneic and impulseless electrical activity. Resuscitation began and continued upon arrival to the emergency department. That was eight days after her shot. And that might be the du- a duplicate. Looks like it might be, these might be duplicated up. So we've covered a 15-year-old male, a 16-year-old female, and a 17-year-old female. The next one, this this 17-year-old man committed suicide with a firearm. And that just gives us a look into the despair. You know, I've, I've heard that it's hard to find uh, suicide statistics these days. They're too busy freaking out about COVID deaths while they push us all into uh, you know, a horrible, frigid, awful world that people want to escape. Somebody in the Odyssey chat says, watching this while carrying my baby boy. Oh my, it's it's awful. Absolutely awful. And then we have um, an 18-year-old, actually two 18-year-old men, developed fatigue, body aches, headache, one day after vaccination on 3-3, the morning of 3-5, complained of, complained of chest pain, at 10.30, his family found him unresponsive. EMS was called and he was pronounced dead in the home. That was uh, three days after his vaccine. The next person here, four days after the vaccine, a resident did not express having any symptoms. I, lo- oh, my I hate, actually, I should say, I hate how they try to explain this away. Whenever someone dies, they're like, well, we observed him for 30 minutes and he said he, he could walk. It's like, dude, shut up. Seriously, I'm so sick of these... Um, medical mafia agents trying to excuse this. It says here, the only thing that the uh, POC observed abscesses in the arm, groin, thigh, and knees after the first vaccination. It sounds awful. It's like, what are you guys even talking about? Abscesses? After the second dose, he was hypoactive. 
which means not very active, sluggish, right? On 2.27, at around 3.30 a.m., he asked him to turn on his side. Between 4 a.m. and 5 a.m., POC went into the room. I noticed it I noticed it strange because his head was wrapped in the sheet. When the POC removed the sheet, she observed that her mouth and nose were full of secretions. I don't even understand what they're uh, talking about. This is a male patient. Why are they saying her? Like, do they even know how to speak English? So he turned it and he himself did not react. He called the emergency who certifies that he has no vital signs. It's like, this is not written by an English speaker. 19 year old female died seven days after the shot. And it just goes on and on, but um, it's just really sad to see young, healthy people dying. And um, they want to roll this out and they say it's safe and effective. Oh, the benefits outweigh the risks. It's like, uh, he, no, they're, they're going to force this on kids as part of their vaccine schedules that are required for schooling. And people, like I said earlier, parents will be deemed um, negligent if they don't give them the vaccine, even if they've done more research than the people, you know, going around chastising those who don't want it. stuck in the you know was stuck in the suez canal and basically now is in the uh the bitter lake uh they call as they call it uh just outside of the place where it was stuck it's still kind of in the suez canal because there's lakes and so forth that they pass through and they go into another uh, area of the canal and so forth so it's it's been there for several days uh there's been reports that they have been pulling off uh, uh traffic children uh, some are dead uh like a thousand or so forth and so forth so I'm going to go into a little bit about that. Uh, like I've been saying, you know, we're hoping that this is going to be shared uh, throughout, uh, uh, you know, mainstream media. If it is, that's going to be probably the big reveal starting to happen. So the Marshall Report also just uh, reported on it. So it's hitting more and more uh, and bigger and bigger uh, newspapers and so forth. Uh, so I believe that this may very, very, very be close to uh, being revealed in the uh, mainstream media, guys. So that would be uh, a major blow to the deep state. So as you see, again, it's got my information in here where I, I leaked about it uh, through my remote viewing and so forth. 
So it says evergreen vessels were having problems in all ports all over the world. Why? Why are special ops U.S. Navy SEALs magically on the scene to rescue the children? Was the ship purpose purposefully uh, run aground? Uh, it was rumored that holes in Microsoft software allowed someone to basically hack into it. Uh, may never be, you know, given the full uh, information on this. So in this in this one article uh, on the Marshall Report, there's another article at the bottom. Traffic children, bodies, weapons found on Evergreen ship blocking the Suez Canal. I'm going to click on that. It's going to take me to uh, another article. Um, this is Daily Street News. So it's pretty much, you know, reiterating uh, this, this information, uh, U.S. Navy SEALs involvement. Uh, there's a, uh, now this is what I want to point out. It was on its way. Why would a vessel of that size from Taiwan list its first destination as the Netherlands? Why would the below news article not, not mention Amsterdam? Only Dutch. Lots of significant signals and clues were being released. The USS Dwight D. Eisenhower is right off uh, where the exit or entrance uh, to the Suez Canal is in the Mediterranean Sea. So it has come up and it's basically parked itself and it's right there uh, pretty close to the action, supporting probably the Navy SEAL operations and so forth. So this is looking, this is looking very, very big time, guys. you make about this confession? Well, it's really disappointing because it turns out the advice that the president and many of the policymakers got was a small minority opinion. Many of us were looking on saying, what is this 15 days talk? And the biggest crime was not recognizing that the risk was a 10,000 fold risk difference between someone older and someone young and healthy. So they had these indiscriminate policies, and now we're learning that she was basically hiding data. She said it directly in her book. She also said that she thought the vaccine would not end the pandemic. Would have been nice for her to say that publicly. And they brought with them natural biases. These are all HIV researchers who work in the government, Fauci and, and uh, Deborah Burke, Burks. And natural immunity does not work with HIV because it's an infection of your immune system. So they brought those biases and the public didn't know and the policymakers didn't know that these were minority opinions. So you're saying she also admitted in the book that she knew that the virus wasn't going to be stopped by the vaccine? Because I remember hearing that it was going to stop the virus in its tracks if you got vaxxed. Well, it turns out she was saying that, but she didn't believe it. And that has come out, and it's also come out from other people who work in the government who have said the same thing. And there was almost this attempt, and this happens in the government with bureaucrats. They present data as they are presented as expert opinion to get something done, an agenda to get what they want accomplished. And it turns out that even with the death numbers, she says that the intention... And she said this very clearly publicly at the time. The intention was to actually count cases with COVID as COVID deaths. So we know the numbers were being inflated. Look, it, people died tragically 
but you don't inflate numbers artificially to get an agenda passed. And so when people would die in a car accident and then the mortician figured out that they had been COVID positive when their head went through the windshield, that was calculated as a COVID death? It was, and not only was it tragic that the numbers were being inflated like that, she said it openly that we're counting those. Remember, 95% of COVID deaths had four or more comorbidities. So many times the comorbidity uh, was, was not listed as the death, even though it was the true cause of death. <laughs> but we're still doing it. We're still doing The CDC is still we're not st- distinguishing it. We're still we're counting it like that. We're still, we're still counting we're st- it like that. Great. Great. We still have the bad data. Okay. So I can overdose on heroin, but if I test positive after death of COVID, then I didn't OD on heroin, I died from COVID. Got it. Thank you, Dr. Brooks. Thank you. (laughs) That's how it works. All right, doctor. Thanks. Um, There is something that is of a critical nature that we all need to be aware of. And this is similar to back in February of 2020. I feel like it's almost a deja vu because that's when I first started talking about this and the rest ended up, unfortunately, I wish I'd been wrong, but most of it has transpired since then. And the question that I was always asked is, what do you think about this second wave that they're talking about do you think that there'll be a second wave and i said of course there's going to be a second wave but it's not going to be from the virus it's going to be from the vaccine induced injury uh, which will be compounded by the fear that they've created which will be further compounded by the introduction of new technology i.e the 5g which some people were saying is going to cause COVID. Of course, it's not going to cause COVID, but the science is clear that it causes a disruption in the voltage-gated calcium channels, causing a permeability to many different pathogens, especially enveloped viruses, of which coronavirus is one of those types, but for any type of pathogen. So this was what the concern was back then. And, of course, we've seen that that happened, and then the multiple waves that came out. Well... Now, there's something that is going to be taking place, and and I've had multiple confirmations of this and actually uh, heard a video and talked to one of the parties that had put that video out. And to say the least, it's disturbing, but I'm going to go ahead and just read this to you. And um, some of you may have already heard about this, so... Essentially, what appears to be coming down the pipeline is that what has been introduced within the vaccines as we know them, the COVID vaccines, regardless of the type, they have introduced into individuals through these vaccines and the subsequent boosters other components. We have all heard of some of these components. There's talk about the nanotechnology. There's, of course, the spike protein. There are all these different things that, are, that have been found. There's been the, uh, the graphene oxide, graphene hydroxide. There's been all sorts of different things that have been found within these vaccines. And still, things that we haven't discovered. I know that about a year ago, they found 
Roundup, okay, that's glyphosate. That's a weed killer in the vaccines. Now, what are, what is a Roundup, a weed killer, doing inside of vaccines? We don't understand that. But obviously, there's all sorts of things that are being found that shouldn't be in the vaccines. But this portion that I'm going to talk about now is something that has been I guess the word, the right word, we, I had suspicions that they're introducing something into the vaccines that are designed to cause a detrimental effect at a time when they want the detrimental effect to take place. Meaning that it's almost like a, a sleeper cell within your own body. It's there. You don't know it's there. There's no effect from it, but then it can be called upon or triggered based upon any type of signal or chemical or maybe too inert relatively innocuous ingredients but when they come together they cause something to happen and that would be the trigger if you will that would cause these sleeper cells within your body to awaken now i've felt that for a, for a long time in fact even before covid that there were things that were being introduced into our bodies that shouldn't be introduced into our bodies but now we have confirmation of this, and I'm going to go specifically and talk to you about what is actually in there. So essentially, uh, now from two different sources, we have confirmation, and I've talked to one of those sources myself, that there's something within the vaccines that is being considered as a bioweapon, which is, again, not a new term, but that this particular component within the vaccines is almost like a payload. Now think of a payload. What, is it, what does that mean, a payload? A payload is like when there's a detonation, you have a truck or a trailer, and it's got a bunch of dynamite or explosives on it. So they call it a payload. It's designed to deliver a, a massive eruption or detonation. So they call it a payload because it's not a, 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 it wouldn't be like a normal um, onslaught. It would be like a massive onslaught. And so there's going to be a payload with some type of pathogen that will be activated by a, sequ a sequence of 5G bursts. And these will be basically off of six, uh, 16 to 18 gigahertz frequency. And it will be essentially three bursts that will be sequential and last a minute. And those will be designed, that those bursts will actually create a signal that will release this payload that is within the hydrogel component of the vaccines. So what exactly is in there? There's supposed to be three pathogens, and these three pathogens are, um, I'm not 100% sure what these pathogens are, but one of them is what they call the Marburg virus, which is essentially a pathogen that mimics the hemorrhagic fever, that creates a hemorrhagic fever uh, component. It's, it's similar to that. And according to, if you look that up, it says that there's a 22, I think it's a 22% to up to a 90% mortality. And Google says it's an 88% mortality, meaning that out of every 100 people that get it, 88% or 88 out of 100 will die. A natural doctor, and I have 1,600 patients. Many are vaccinated, just to give you a little bit of backstory about my credibility. What I've seen so far and what I've learned is all information from physicians, medical physicians, um, 
natural physicians and also um, immunization of virology doctors, things like that, um, and then also nurses. So what I'm about to share with you is the first vaccine, the second vaccine, and then the boosters and what it does to your body. The first vaccine, as it goes into your body, it has a small amount of saline and then a bunch of uh, ingredients that are very uh, catastrophic to your cellular system. What that does to your immune system, which is your bone marrow, your thymus gland, your spleen, and all other systems associated with your immune system, it decreases the ability to produce white blood cells by 50% from your first vaccine. Then eight weeks later, which is white blood cell reproductive system, so your ability to make another generation of white blood cells is eight weeks. That's why they set it up eight weeks later to hit it again. So you hit the white blood cell ability while it's down. So now what you do is now they are they 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 decrease the saline in the second one and they increase the uh, harmful ingredients. So now you have a shift in the ingredients. So they decrease the saline and increase. So now there's a shift. And then what they do is that second dose attacks your ability to make white blood cells by an additional 25%. So now you only have a uh, white blood cell ability, like the ability to make white blood cells functioning at 25%. So you just wiped out 75% of your military and the ability to, to make that military. Then what they do is the set in the booster. The booster has 81 strands of foreign bacteria that your cells have never come across. So you don't have the antibodies to fight it, but you only have 25% of your white blood cell production to be able to fight it. So it's a losing battle. So then what you starts to happen is you start to get chronic inflammation that goes to the areas that you had, uh, you had predisposition. So if you were someone that has gut health issues, that's your area that it's gonna focus on and you're gonna have inflammation in the gut health. If it's respiratory, if you have uh, tumor or cancer, or if you have say endometriosis or you have a skin condition, whatever that is, it's gonna inflame that area because now the body has hit the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight, and the body has is in a chronic uh, inflammatory state with a low immunity and a low immune response. Then you get your second booster. What the second booster has, is it has eight strands of HIV. And now what that does is it completely shuts off your ability to make white blood cells. And if you Google what that disease is, it is HIV. So now we have people that are walking around with no immune system, no ability to make an immune system, 81 strands of foreign bacteria, and then also eight strands of foreign HIV along with all the other harmful ingredients, and then they remove all the saline from the first and second booster. Now, to make matters worse, this, during this process, 20 to 30% of the population is gonna die every single series of this process. There's four series. They have three more boosters that are coming out, and the reason why is because once they make you so that your immune system can't make white blood cells anymore, you become dependent on the boosters to survive, just like someone becomes dependent on insulin. Big Pharma is looking for people that either die off to protect our uh, population control, and then those that don't die off, we will have reoccurring customers for life with the boosters so that they will be able to maintain income and collect the money back from all the funding that they put in to make these vaccines in the first place. So hope you um, hope that was helpful. I hope that you listen to this properly and 
I hope that you take the time to do your own critical thinking and just give it two to three years. Every single animal that was part that participated in this study for any of these vaccines had a hundred percent death rate. And I encourage you all to just take a moment, look around you, and um, and just wait it out. And let's just see what uh, let let nature take its course, and let's just see what happens. Thank you. Get locked up, it's a rap for us all. This a witch hunt. 